here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello and welcome everybody to a very live special edition of Shake Them Ropes. We are live. We are live here post-WWE Hell in a Cell with Jeff Hawkins. I'm Rob McCarran. Jeff, how are you tonight? I'm <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Your your voice is a little different just uh, uh, for whatever okay. reason. I think I've blown out my voice box or something over the weekend, but don't worry about it. We'll go on. All right. Well, we got uh, people <laughs> listening on at shakethemropes.com. Uh, if you are listening on the on-demand version after the fact, get on shakethemropes.com so you can start listening to our live shows and get involved in the conversation. A very, uh, very interesting pay-per-view that we are going to get into. Uh, after the pay-per-view, we'll get into some uh, different stuff about my trip to Florida and NXT and a big controversy about the NXT audience at the house show and live taping. So we'll get into a lot of stuff. If you are listening on our stream at shakethemropes.com, feel free to uh, get involved in the conversation about this pay-per-view live with us. We are taking calls at 260-494-3811 for those in the U.S. If you are outside the U.S., you can get us on Skype at Let's Say Things. L-A-T-S-S-A-Y-T-H-I-N-G-S. So feel free to call in anytime. Let your thoughts be heard. We'll talk about this pay-per-view. ShakeThumbRopes.com, at ShakeThumbRopes on Twitter if you want to tweet at us during the live program and just can't call in. But we're going to get to... uh, Let's start with the top story coming out of Hell in a Cell. And that is the fact that WWE was destined never to really give us a finish for Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Oh, man. (laughs) That was turning into a rather memorable Hell in the Cell match, wasn't it? It was quite the spectacle. and I enjoyed it. I was enjoying And overall, I enjoyed this pay-per-view. Well, live event, whatever you want to call it. I enjoyed and, the pay-per-view and, and, overall as well. Um, and but, this is, has, has, did the ending make it lose its shine for you at all? Um, A little just because I really wanted to see Dean Ambrose get a win here. But again, we've been talking about it for months and months. This is Seth Rollins' gimmick. He gets in these fights. Somehow he escapes. He has not been crushed yet. He just finds a way. And tonight he lucked out and Bray Wyatt decided to just randomly come back and attack Dean Ambrose for whatever reason. Uh, Maybe he's still mad from the Shield versus Wyatt family feud from months and months ago. I don't know. Um, But yeah, this is the second time now that they really just didn't want to end Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. The first time is when they included John Cena in the deal. And now we have Bray Wyatt coming back. It looks like that's the answer to the question that was happening. What is Dean Ambrose going to do after this show, win or lose? Well, he lost, and he's going to go into a program with Bray Wyatt. Now, what does John Cena do is the big question, because uh, 
We don't know. But yeah, the whole, the whole match itself, just getting onto the match, it was a spectacle. They start on top of the cage. Mercury and Noble get involved. They work their way down. There's spots after spots. There's weapons after weapons. The crowd was super into this. I mean, they were really liking this match, this spectacle. They really, I mean, they popped when Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose started exchanging haymakers just at the very beginning of the match. They were ready to see these two fight. And we just did not get a clear winner. Seth Rollins did not clearly beat Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose really didn't clearly beat Seth Rollins. He was at the advantage when Bray Wyatt came back. But again, they just decided to go away from it. They didn't want to hurt Seth Rollins, apparently. They didn't want to hurt Dean Ambrose, apparently. Just couldn't get a win for this one. And yet they did, I think. I think they hurt them both. I'm going to I'm going to make that stand. Um, coming into the match... Uh, Ambrose's entrance may be one of my favorite things ever. Um, yeah, sure, the 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 throwing of the chairs and the and the kendo stick and all that other things, but just going outside, looking up at the top of the cage and yelling, "We're all gonna die tonight!" was awesome. Uh, I was liking this fight. This is this is a match that could have made both these guys with a clean finish, no matter who won. In my opinion. It was getting to that level. And then they just, they overthought it, I think. I I don't think you make Rollins a stronger contender with the money in the bank case. I mean, sure, you had enough Weasley interference in there to make him a weasel. You didn't need this finish. And then Dean Ambrose goes on to an upper mid-card feud with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, that's that's basically what happened. Uh, and it's disappointing. It's disappointing to me that, that this was the finish of the match because I was really, I mean, every match on this show with the exception of one overperformed for me. And now I'm just sitting there going, man, the one match that was really delivering hard. Yeah. They, I, they oh. This one's going to get a lot of talk because, you know, at least in one aspect, they have something for Dean Ambrose to do. And it's going to be a what I think could be a cool story, this Bray Wyatt Dean Ambrose match. But I really wish they just would have done it do after it the Seth Rollins program is over. Do do it on Raw tomorrow. Don't do it now. Rich, uh, Rich with Voices of Wrestling tweeted out, and it's basically true. Is uh, you know we were so excited for Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins to get the main event spot. Now we know they really got the main event spot not because of anything they did, because of what was going to happen at the finish. Bray Wyatt coming back. That blew me away that Cena Orton was not the was not the the last match, and I was like, man, and that also helped me raise my expectations somewhat, admittedly, and and to have a sports entertainment finish. I really thought that the Randy Orton John Cena match was going to be the one with all the spectacles at the end, and that's why you know I kind of thought it was going to go on last. You know, part of it is John Cena being involved. Part of it is something else happening uh, after the match is over. Uh, but yeah, I we... You, Did you? Go ahead. You, th- you thought that Cena and Orton was going to be the one with all the bells and whistles I thought there was it. going to be something at the end of that. But uh, we are... It's going to be, get a lot of talk for sure. Huh. Uh, we do have a call on the line. Caller, uh, what is your name and where are you calling from? Uh, this is Tyler from Maryland. Hi, Tyler from Maryland. What did you think of Hell in a Cell tonight? I actually really enjoyed it. Um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. The, the, it seems like the WWE, when it comes to their main event feuds, the only way they can really seem to start them is by having someone interfere in an already main event program. You had it earlier this year with Bray Wyatt interfering on John Cena. 
And then you had Seth Rollins interfering on John Cena again a couple months ago, and now you have this one right here, and it just seems like this is the only way they can really get Man Event Feud started. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It used to be back in the day, you know, I'll reference this just because I saw it on the Monday Night War and it's fresh in my mind, is Goldberg and Hulk Hogan. You know, Goldberg wasn't getting involved in Hulk Hogan's work. He was just winning all his matches. Hulk Hogan was the champion. There you have a ready-built feud because people are winning matches. But you're right. The feud pattern seems to be that doesn't matter whether you win or lose. You just show up in someone else's business. You just yeah. get there. There's no... Yeah, and then you move and then you move on to the next thing. Are you Boy, looking for Tyler? Who, go ahead, go ahead, Tyler. Am I the only one who does, who thinks that uh, Bray Wyatt's like supernatural gimmick just doesn't fit in well with Dean Ambrose? I mean, we had this great match going, and all of a sudden we have darkness and some weird chanting, and it just went on forever. And then we have some sort of lantern glowing in there and i was just like can we just get back to the fight you know that's what we all wanted to see tonight and it just seems like the supernatural stuff doesn't fit in with the main event scene no you're i mean i don't know if they're trying to make bray wyatt the next undertaker with getting these uh special gimmicks involving his work or not Uh, i'm not really sure what they're doing there but yeah i mean dean ambrose the whole allure to his character is that he's just going to get in your face be real and now he's involved with a paranormal storyline. I don't know if they're going to go all paranormal throughout this entire storyline. I think this was just the introduction. But you never know. I, they could be making Bray Wyatt into the next Undertaker type where he's got all the special gimmicks involved with him. What do you think, uh, Jeff, about the the Bray Wyatt entrance and his reintroduction? My favorite part was when the hologram said, Help me, Obi-Wan. You're my only hope. <laughs> That, that was certainly yeah. an interesting deal there. <laughs> the last thing I want to talk about The last thing I want to talk about is man, these these crowds for WWE have been dead lately. Like the last couple months. They've just been so dead and it's just I don't know. I don't know what they can do. It just seems like the product is really on a downturn right now. Yeah, I they've been they've been waiting for something to happen that they can sink their teeth into. And I think we saw tonight and we've seen, you know, before the last month of Raws that really slowed down the feud, we really saw the crowd wanted to sink their teeth into not just Dean Ambrose, but Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. It had a reason to be there. They had Mm -hmm. a reason to see these two fight because they invested two years watching these two be a team for Seth Rollins to just fuck it all up. So they want to get something to sink their teeth into, and I'm sorry, but they're not going to sink their teeth into... You know, Minnie's wrestling around in comedy or, you know, Nikki and Brie Bella uh, rumbling around for personal assistant duties. They're just not going to get invested in something that's just far-fetched. I thought that this crowd was pretty good with the exception of the Divas matches for which they should be ashamed because both those Divas matches were much better than what that crowd gave them. I mean, I get that they've been now conditioned to think that the divas stink and they can chant JBL and all that, that other stuff. But the Nikki Bree match, I enjoyed the heck out of it. I enjoyed the page AJ match. I don't understand what this crowd wanted out of that, but I understand the point that the caller's making as well. I mean, they're tired of the paint by numbers matches and okay, here comes the screw job finish and stuff like that. They want to be able to be engaged and they, they can't because they've been conditioned to know what's going to happen. Yeah. Tyler, I want to thank you uh, very much for listening in and uh, calling in with your thoughts. I, I think you're dead on the money there with the Seth Rollins, John Cena. We'll, We'll see the next time when the next major feud starts and see if it starts the same way and keep on that pattern. But thank you so much, Tyler, for the call. Uh, Anything else you have on your mind? 
No, I was just I was so ready to hate that Bellas match. I was <laughs> just ready to hate on it, and they didn't kill each other, and it was. My expectations were so low that it ended up being a very good match. So yeah. thanks a lot, guys, for taking my call. Have a good one, Tyler. I total, I completely agree with Tyler on that one. My expectations were low, and they exceeded them. I enjoyed that match quite a bit. Fellow Voices of Wrestling uh, contributor Warren is on the line. Warren, how are you tonight, and what do you think of Hell in a Cell? Oh, man. Well, overall, I like the show, but... I cannot believe what I had just <laughs> I was sitting here writing my review, and I'm ready to call this. I was about to pull out the five stars on this because I love the main event. It, I don't know so much if it was a great match, but it was a great tribute to Steel Cage and LNFL matches. You had a lot of the nice throwbacks to um, – you know, the first one, uh, Michaels and Undertaker, they were both kind of fighting on the cage. And, you know, eventually Sean just kind of passes out and falls through the announce table. You know, they started off on the top just like Foley. And even Ambrose, when he kind of broke free from the gurney, reminded me a lot of Mick walking back down the hallway after they tried to cardi him off back in 98. I thought all of that was fantastic, even when he nailed him with the chair shot to the back as soon as the match started. Everything about it was perfect until the lights go out and can't. Oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Bray Wyatt pops up and they completely take what could have been a match of the year and turn it into complete dog shit in five seconds. I, I don't know how they managed to do this. It's it, it astounding to me, just the lack of. I guess the lack of coherence this company has when it comes to connecting with their fans. If you ever want a reason to watch companies like Ring of Honor or PWG, this is why, because they don't insult their fans' intelligence. That's exactly what the WWE did tonight. On the point of uh, you were ready to give it five stars, and the last great match on WWE pay-per-view, Brock Lesnar and John Cena, for the most part, people thought it was a really great match, the one at SummerSlam. The one with the, you know, it was basically a squash match. It was a long squash match where Brock Lesnar just destroyed John Cena. It was not the greatest worked match. It was not back and forth wrestling with a whole bunch of near falls. It was great because the crowd was into it and it was a great story. You were seeing Brock Lesnar dominate and it was just telling the story that was meant to be told. Now we have this match here, Seth Rollins and... Dean Ambrose is kind of the same thing. You wanted to see these two battle. They were battling. You know, Seth was trying to run away and he had Kane helping him and he had the goons helping him. And Dean Ambrose was going right at him from start to finish. And it was great because of the story that was being told and Dean Ambrose getting his revenge until the finish of this match. So that's what is going to get your best crowd reactions. That is what is going to be your quote unquote best, your four plus star matches right there. Ones that the crowd can invest in. And they're just not giving us that. I mean, is the crowd going to be too invested in Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose when they're still thinking that, hey, Dean Ambrose needs to get his revenge on Seth Rollins? Are we just going to forget about Seth Rollins? And they're going to hope we do, probably. Uh, but yeah, I I agree, Warren. This was just a, it was a wacky finish. I don't really know 100% what to make of it yet. Um, Jeff, what do you think about Warren's thoughts here on uh, Hell in a Cell? Now, Warren and I are generally one in the same in terms of our opinions. I, I just, oh, I just, I, I let out an audible groan 
when I heard the chanting, I went, Bray Wyatt now? Really? Because this is shaping up to be what we wanted when we were doing our preview. We wanted a blood feud. We wanted a match with intensity, and they were going at it. I mean, just the little things like Ambrose getting it, sitting in the chair waiting for Rollins to stand up and taunting him during that time, and that's the moment where he hits him in the back and gets the payback for the turn. I go, oh, this is such a well-crafted match. Um, I agree with the the tributes thing. That was great. I mean, for what they can do within the constraints of PG, it was fine. I, You know, when Kane interfered, I'm like, okay, I hope this doesn't become a running thing where he just gets in. But it, the fight itself between the two, I was so engaged until the moment the lights went out and I heard the speaking in tongues, and I just went, they're going to screw this up. And they did. Yeah. I uh, Yeah, when the lights went out, I wasn't quite sure what to make of it because it just went pitch black. I didn't know if, usually when the lights go out, you can see some some light, you know, whether it's phones in the crowd or anything else, but this was just I, pitch black. I, I actually thought my network had failed. Yeah, I thought, something was going on. <laughs> I thought something was going on there. Todd Martin on Twitter says, five-month feud, absolutely nothing settled, and we move on. How thoroughly unsatisfying. And I think that's going to be the prevailing opinion yeah. uh, for but most you know people. The worst part is, is that I actually saw on Twitter some people are salivating at the chance of a Bray Wyatt Ambrose feud. Those are the people I want to curb stomp through a fucking cement wall. Well, <laughs> that's, I'll, I'll tell you what. I will. I think this feud will be entertaining. I am not saying that this was the wrong way to go. I just don't right. like the timing of it right now. Exactly. No, no. I, I I like the feud. I don't like where it was put. And and you know you can put this on Raw for the storytelling. Right now I'm watching an event and I don't want the storytelling. I want the match. I want to watch the match and I want a finish to the match. This this is. I was going to use an analogy. I'm having a really great prime rib dinner, and someone just took it away halfway through. It's and I'm like, me, I like me some prime rib. I do like me some prime rib. I like it. But 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 you know what I'm saying here? I'm saying leave uh-huh. the leave the build for the time you're supposed to build, and now give me the match. That's what I want. Warren, any yeah, other thoughts would... coming out of uh, Hell in a Cell here tonight? Yes, just one more. Go this for is it. Purely from a fan standpoint, how. I, how cool was it just from a nerd standpoint was it watching Dean Ambrose climb that cell with a kendo stick strapped to his back like a samurai sword? <laughs> yeah, no, the visual, everything going on, because that that's what you expect Dean Ambrose to do. Oh, we're inside the cell? Well, I'm not going to trap myself inside. I'll just go to the top. Yeah, yeah was- and, like, and like I said, when he yelled, we're all going to die tonight, I just went, oh, man, here we go. Yeah, he they, did. they really got something with him. But regardless, sorry for the rant, guys. But thanks for taking the call. I appreciate oh no, it. I loved it. <laughs> thanks, Warren, for uh, for calling in tonight. If you would like to uh, call into the show, get your voice heard here live on the air. Uh, we are available via Skype. Let's say things on Skype. Let's say things or two six zero four nine four three eight one one on the phone. If you would like to call in and get your thoughts about Hell in a Cell that just ended, that we are all recovering from. Uh, Dave Meltzer posted an update on his website, the betting odds for Hell in a Cell uh, before the show. Now, we will get into the betting odds and what uh, swayed before the show, kind of giving us a tell in just a moment. But we do have uh, one more caller on the line. Caller, where are you from and what is your name? I'm Brian and I'm from Duluth, Minnesota. Hi, Brian from Duluth, Minnesota. How is it up north? 
Um, actually pretty nice for this time of year. It's been a pretty nice weekend. Pretty nice weekend. Was your weekend soured at all by Hell in a Cell tonight, or did it give a, a nice little bow tie to the weekend? Um, kind of what I expected coming into it. Um, I thought the highlight matches was going to be the cell match between, excuse me, Ambrose and Rollins, and then the two out of three falls, of course. Um, as far as the ending of that cell match, I don't know what the whole general consensus is, but I was pretty intrigued by it. By it. Mm-hmm. Intrigued by the match itself or the finish? Like, what were your thoughts uh, as soon as you saw the lights go out? Um, I, when I saw the lights go out, I automatically assumed that Bray, Bray Wyatt was coming back, and that's what pretty much intrigued me as to you know, seeing what their reasoning is for having him interfere in that match. Mm-hmm. I'm just interested to see where that goes, if they're going to have him be aligned with the authority or if it's going to be a whole separate thing, maybe building off the Shield-Wyatt feud from last year. Did you watch uh, tonight's show on pay-per-view or on the WWE Network or via maybe less than reasonable means? Um, I watched it on the network. All right. Did you feel that you got your nine ninety nine worth this month? Um, I'd say so. I'd say if you can kind of get at least two good matches out of a pay-per-view, then with the addition of NXT, you're going to get your nine ninety nines worth out of it. I'm pretty optimistic when it comes to that. No, I I would agree. I think... I, I don't know if that finish to the main event is going to make people, you know, leave with a sour taste in the network or not. Because, again, there was some good wrestling on the show. Uh, oh, definitely. We got, you know, a clean winner to Orton and John Cena. We have dr- direction for the future on WWE for the most part now. Uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of stuff on the show. And we'll go out. I, I, I want to appreciate the uh, call from Duluth, Minnesota. Not buried oh, in snow yet. Call. Oh, yeah, not yet. Hopefully not for a while. All right. Thanks so much for calling in. I uh, hope you listen and enjoy the rest of the show. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah, there was a uh, lot to uh, a lot to kind of uh, debate on this show, if you will. I have, I have no problem when you say it's worth the nine ninety nine. If you had bought a ticket to this show, would you feel you had gotten your money's worth? I think, I think yes, I would. Okay. I, I think I got, you know, 20 minutes of them brawling. I mean, the, the main event went until about five minutes to 11. I was wondering, at, at some point, someone's got to win here. Uh, one of the longer pay-per-views they've done in a while. Um, we'll get through this uh, card. Um, Ryan McDonald on Twitter says, WWE's prerogative is to keep us watching and finishing feuds gives people closure. Keep them wanting more. And then he finishes by saying, all hail Rusev. So seemingly he enjoyed the finish. He wants to see what's happening next with Seth Rollins and uh, Dean Ambrose, as well as Bray Wyatt. Well, the only problem with that line of reasoning is then nothing matters because you're just going to continue having ongoing feuds that just aren't any finishes to them for the most part. Yeah. Now, at the same time, we should be fair. We are giving immediate reaction for all we know. We could get a Seth Rollins-Dean Ambrose match maybe on Raw or somewhere in between Survivor Series or some other type. We may still get an actual winner to this. Um, I don't know if that looks likely, but we still could. Something could happen. Yeah, but you go back to watch this pay-per-view on, on the network, you don't get it. Well, let's get through the uh, let's get through the card here. Um, okay. Not go too in depth with the undercard because really this is going to be a show that's remembered because of the two Hell in a Cell matches. Maybe not the True. matches themselves uh, in both cases, but at least by the finishes of these matches. Uh, we had Dolph Ziggler 
defeating Cesaro in the opener 2-0 in a best of three falls match, which completely caught me by surprise, not only because I expected Cesaro to win, but because it was a 2-0 finish. They did not do the back and forth. Dolph Ziggler just basically squashed Cesaro in the uh, in the scoreboard. In the scoreboard, yes, but this this match intrigued the heck out of me because it's the curtain-jerking match. They come out, and they start mat wrestling to start with. And I went, okay, that's an interesting choice. Usually you're wanting action to get the crowd into it. They're doing mat wrestling, which is a little slower, and for WWE fans, is a little bit, you know, it, it takes them a while to get, to get to it. But overall, yeah, I liked that they defied expectations in terms of, okay, this guy gets one fall, this guy gets the other fall, and then the other one is is the decider. Um, that's the kind of thing that keeps me interested in things like two out of three fall matches uh, that didn't stick to the game plan. And I thought the two of them had really great chemistry. It was a little clunky at times, but overall, I really enjoyed this match. No, I I thought it was... Uh... I was certainly intrigued by it watching it. I, I didn't know who was going to win, obviously. I, I kind of expected Cesaro just for them to do you know, the whole build-up, trying to build up the Intercontinental title again, which actually they really tried to do a good job of doing. This match and the video beforehand and Michael Cole propping up the IC title, this was actually a very good showcase for that belt. It was a very good showcase for the Intercontinental title. It was just the different person than I was expecting to win. But oh, Dolph Ziggler winning 2-0, this is probably except for Cesaro winning 2-0, it's probably the best thing you could have done. And and if, now if, I, I just hope that Dolph Ziggler goes on to actually win matches on TV now. Yeah, that's the thing. If Dolph Ziggler mattered, this would be a great thing. This would make him one of the great Intercontinental Champions of all time, I think. Right. No, the, but, these kinds of matches. Yeah, but, I mean, as much as I thought Cesaro might win, I'm fine with either one of these guys holding the belt if it becomes important. You know, give Ziggler some wins against, like, Justin Gabriel on TV. Not every match he's in has to be losing to someone who's a little bit higher on the card than he is. He can, yeah, and you, you can don't have to more. go back and forth on yeah. on two, on Monday. Monday he wins, Friday he loses. Monday he wins, Friday he loses. All right, here's the Miz for 50 more matches. I don't need that. I will say though, this was a very good start for me in the prediction game, going 0 for <laughs> one. Uh, how, wait, how'd I do? By the way, I think I I only missed one, or I went undefeated. I can't remember. What? Undefeated. Well, the one that I forget. I don't know. Did you pick Ziggler to win this one? Yes. Oh, well, there you go. Look at you. Uh, Nikki and Brie Bella. We'll figure out which one one you missed. I think this was the one I missed because I think I changed my mind from, uh, or I was going with Brie and I stuck with Brie, but I might have changed my mind. Someone on Twitter can let me know, but I think I went undefeated other than that. Yeah. I know there was one that we were against, but I'm usually the wrong one. Uh, Nikki Bella. Nikki Bella did indeed beat Brie Bella. Brie now has to be her personal assistant her lackey for 30 days. High comedy. Although the match was great. I thought the match over-delivered. The match was very good. And then we had a lot of people on Twitter. There was a hashtag going around, you know, hashtag real women's wrestling as if this match was a bad name for women's wrestling. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Are all these fans, fans of like 1994, all Japan women? Then shut up. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I just saw this hashtag pop up and people are commenting on it. And I, I uh, I didn't really know what was going on there because first of all, you know, it's women's wrestling. They were grappling. And it's WWE. What do you expect? You're not going to get a shimmer show and thankfully for that, really. Rob, I need a moment here to talk to the talk to the people. Okay. C- come come close to your computer kids. My name's Jeff Hawkins. Well-known snark, sarcastic, 
I like to chant funny things at times at wrestling shows, but I do it at the time when it's necessary. If they're having a good match and they're really working hard out there, that is not the time to start chanting for the announcers. Take it from a jerk. Use your jerkiness I think at the correct time. You know what happened tonight is the crowd, no one was selling the chant. They, they started chanting JBL during the women's match, and no one was selling it, and the work kept going, and no, the announcers weren't selling it either for those on TV, and it just kind of died. They just stopped because no well, one was selling it. My big fear is that the Divas division is beyond hope in terms of, I mean, even when you bring up, you know, Sasha, Charlotte, and Bailey, you're going to need something to the effect of a Gail Kim versus Kong ladder match to really snap the people out that, hey, this is worth watching. And I, I'm, I'm, it's a shame to me because you have a lot of great talent on the NXT roster. A lot of great female talent on the NXT roster. And these... And even for what the WWE Divas division is doing, this was far and away some of the best stuff we'd had in a while between the Bellas. No, there's. I thought it was perfectly fine. I'm not expecting five-star matches from these two. Right. Um, I thought the storytelling was good. You know, I could do without the comedy segments we're about to get for the next month, but what are you going to do? I mean, they they got to be on TV somewhere. Um, again, if you would like to call in and uh, give your thoughts on Hell in a Cell or anything else WWE-related, give us a call, 260-494-3811. You bring up the crowd chanting JBL and not paying attention to the ring. Before I get into this, because I went to NXT on Thursday. Mm, yes, you were a road tripper. There was a lot of talk about NXT's house show the next night in Jacksonville. Uh, especially relating to the crowd. So I have some comments on the crowds while, while you mention that. Uh, but before I get into all this, I will preface by uh, saying it is the job of the wrestlers in the ring to captivate the audience, to get people emotionally invested, to get them to not trail off. So that's job number one. It's their job. The fans are there to have fun. And I'm all for having fun. I've been to plenty of wrestling shows. I've had fun. I was back there. Wait, you, when, uh, you had fun? I've had fun at wrestling shows. Get out of here. Yeah, I, I have. <laughs> it's, been, it's been good. You know, especially during the, uh, the middle 2000s in Ring of Honor when the crowd really, really just wanted to put themselves over and chant all the new stuff. Oh, that, dude, was, that was the big dude. thing. There hold on, hold on, there. hold on. I, I will oh. let you get into your PWG. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I went to ECW shows in the mid-90s in Philadelphia. Okay. You, you want to talk about a crowd that wanted to get itself over. Right. But ROH crowds would make these chants, and then they would catch on, and that's fine. You know, I was a part of a lot of them. You know, you want to have fun at a wrestling show. So I went to NXT's TV tapings, and I made a couple of tweets about the crowd at the NXT TV tapings. Oh, I've heard about this. Continue. And one of which was, this is the most, hey, look at me, we're trying to get ourselves over type crowd that I've ever been in, ever been in, period, ever. Which I stand by. They were. That mm. comment itself not, wasn't necessarily bad or good. It was just, there were a lot of people in the crowd doing their own thing. There, were, there was one section that was starting their own chants. And I will admit, some of them were funny. Some of them were good. They started doing, uh, if you're a fan of Family Guy, and you'll see this on an upcoming episode in a few weeks, there was a chant doing the Peter Griffin where he hurts his shin, I think, and he does the... Oh. 
Yeah. yeah. There was a very loud chant started by one group of fans, and that was hilarious. Okay. That was hilarious. The whole crowd <laughs> responded and really liked it. The problem was they went on to do it about five or six more times during the three hours of TV tapings. Probably a little much, guys. It was great the first time. I'm sure it will be used again and will be funny. Probably a little much. Yeah, try not to run a joke into the ground, kids. Now, a lot of my comments had to do with the people. I was sitting way in the back. I go to the NXT shows to observe everything, not just the people in the ring, but the crowd, how everyone's working. You are an introspective journalist, just kind of watching everything and taking it all in for the story. I get it. Right. So (laughs) I'm in the back next to one of the cameras, and I am next to these three drunken douchebags who just want to make sure that everyone knows that they've been to every NXT TV taping and they basically, they felt like entitled to be there and to be the most important fans there. They would not shut up the entire three hours. I'm talking chance. I'm talking, talking to each other. I'm talking, bashing other people in the crowd for being annoying. It was so rich when after the one group of fans in that section are doing the Peter Griffin chant Next to me are these three annoying assholes who are saying, oh, you guys are running that in the ground loudly. They're loudly saying, oh, this, these, this crowd is awful. They're so annoying. I'm like, that's rich. You guys are the worst three people here. And you're going to bash the other crowd for making a chant? Come on, guys. That's, where my, that's when I really started tweeting about how bad the crowd was because there was just small pockets of people. And I didn't experience that at all in the September TV tapings I was at. The crowd was great. You know, there was a lot of talk going in and I was looking out for it. A lot of talk of uh, racist and sexist comments coming from the crowd towards like Hideo Itami or some of the women wrestlers. Didn't see it at all both nights that I was there for NXT. But the second show I was at, this one here last week, it's a little, uh, a little different. Little get me over. Seth Rollins in his dark match promo at the end of the show. He didn't end up wrestling on the show, but he was there. Seth Rollins even talked about the crowd and how they were a put me over crowd. And then the crowd started chanting, we are awesome. Wow. When Seth (laughs) Rollins or any wrestler tells a crowd that, oh, you guys really are trying to put yourselves over, aren't you? That's not a good thing. That's them in a polite way saying you guys suck. Whether I like it or not, this isn't my opinion. Whether they were having fun or not, doesn't matter. That was his opinion. When a wrestler says that, and I know this is a fact, guys. When a wrestler says that, they hate you. They are annoyed. They cannot wait to get out of the ring. And that leads me to the NXT house show on Friday, where there was apparently a lot more of the drunken fans, or just stupid fans, where wrestlers publicly, not just privately, publicly bashed the crowd in Jacksonville as disgusting and horrible. Wrestlers bash crowds privately because mm-hmm. they want to make sure that you will come to the show next time they're there. They want to still get paid. They don't want to send people home and not pay for the next time. When you get wrestlers publicly bashing you as a crowd, you know it's bad because they really don't try to do that. And that's what I, NXT wrestlers the next night after the NXT house show in Jacksonville were bashing that crowd. And I just, I wasn't there for it, but I'm sure it was something. I, uh, 
Uh, Jacksonville, except for any listeners we may have in that city, is a terrible city <laughs> in terms of sports. Well, in terms of in terms of going to in terms of traffic, in terms of just getting in and out of there. Uh, I see. I heard something about this. I've kind of been offline most of the weekend. And it goes both ways. I get that crowds are there to enjoy themselves. And I understand the criticisms of wrestlers when they go, you're not supposed to take over the show, blah, blah, blah. And I also get that you're supposed to engage them to the point where they're not taking over the show. I just, you know, from a from a comedy standpoint, in terms of being a performer, you're always told, even though it might be true occasionally, never blame the audience. It's your fault for not getting them engaged or not being able to control them. So if you can't right, engage never, them, yeah. if you can't engage them, make them feel stupid because that that'll shut them up real quick. Yeah, and one comment that got a lot of, uh, or not a lot of reaction, but a reaction from a couple of people who were apparently in the crowd, and that's perfectly fine. Um, I called them the dirt worst. I didn't necessarily mean it was the worst crowd I've ever been in. I was referencing the comment that I made about them being the most get me over crowd. Like, let's get ourselves over. That they were the worst at. I mean, they were the most get me over crowd I've ever seen. And I wasn't necessarily commenting negatively or positively on it. They And they probably admit they were trying to make a lot of uh, chance, have a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that was basically it. But that was the crowd. Self self awareness is a dangerous thing. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> once you make the cool chant, use it a couple of times. But everyone does it. I remember when Daniel Bryan introduced the, uh, you know, you are go- what was it? I'm gonna get your you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in is what it was. That's what it yeah. was. And people would do that nonstop throughout ROH shows for the next several months. Not just Back during up, Daniel yeah. Bryan matches, just all the time. So, sometimes you just use it when you use it. If the bit works, back off of it for a while, and then when you bring it back, it'll be funnier that time. Yeah. So I wasn't necessarily commenting. So if you were following along during the NXT trip on Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, it's 140 characters. You can't say everything in 140 characters. So I was keeping it concise. But you'll get a sense of this crowd. Uh, NXT TV from November, I, ooh, November 13th and beyond is the most recent set of tapings. So... A lot of good stuff. I'm not going to go into what was on the tapings for those trying to avoid spoilers. I'm sure we'll talk about it on future shows. We may talk about Tuesday. How about that? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> getting back into this uh, Hell in a Cell. After the Divas, first Divas match of the night, we had the tag titles. The Dust Brothers keeping their tag titles against the Usos, which not a surprise to me. I picked this one. I'm sure you did also. Uh, yes. The match was good. All in all, a good first hour of Hell in a Cell. Yep, really enjoyed myself. Yeah, I, I thought it was very good. Um, I want to get into, uh, there was something that I forgot. No, there's nothing <laughs> I forgot. No, I'm not going to get into it. Oh, no, please. No, not going to get into it. I will say this about the NXT crowds. Oh, man, you're back on that. Okay. This is coming from not one, not two, maybe three. Or more, several people that work for WWE. And this comes into the privately bashing part. They really hate some of the crowd that comes to these NXT TV tapings. But 
it's like any studio show. When you're there every single month, you're going to get the same people. You're going to get a crowd that wants to start something new. Sometimes entertain themselves if they're bored by seeing the same person three times in one night. It's just going to happen. So it's what you get for working the same crowd month after month after month doing TV tapings with same people. The PWG crowd can be like that, but they usually know... I'm gonna have to shut up. I'm gonna have to come out for that December PW or or PWG show in the future and see what the experience is like. Mm. I'll have to do that. I was gonna come out for Bola, didn't work out, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Our first Hell in a Cell match: John Cena and Randy Orton. John Cena won clean. I got this prediction wrong. I thought Randy Orton might take this one. All signs were pointing that way. Didn't work out. Number one contender: John Cena, and basically now. We are back to where we were before Night of Champions. John Cena is the number one contender with Brock Lesnar. We're right back there. You know who picked it correctly? I believe you did and most Uh. everyone else. (laughs) I think a lot of people were thinking the Orton. They were buying into the hype. Uh, Yeah, we're we're back to what's predictable and, uh, to them, bankable. So what are you going to do? Although this match... It was odd because it started out and I was underwhelmed. It started out like any John Cena-Randy Orton match you were going to have. And then there was a moment where it just started to kick in and I started to go, wow, this is getting interesting. I think it was when uh, Orton hit that RKO out of nowhere on the second uh, shoulder block. It might have been before that, but I think that was a moment where I started getting really interested in that match. The RKO out of nowhere because really it was out of nowhere. I was not expecting anything close. Sometimes you start seeing finishers lined up. And with Randy Orton, you can never be sure if it's actually going to happen or if Randy Orton's going to hit the RKO out of nowhere. But no, he he goes into the John Cena shoulder tackle, hits the RKO. That's where it started picking up. Uh, I really like this match. I thought it was one of the better ones on the night where, again, this was a pay-per-view. And we said it on our last show during our Hell in a Cell preview show. The card looked solid. It just did not have a lot of oomph going into it much like Night of Champions before that, and in some ways SummerSlam before that. And this show really delivered on the wrestling side. This was a show I was looking forward to because I I knew we were going to get these matches. There were matches that were going to get some time. This was one of them. I thought John Cena and Randy Orton was much better than their last Hell in a Cell match. I really liked it. Yeah, no, it was a great show up until the hologram. And, (laughs) well, again... (laughs) So I was uh, two for two at this point, or two for four, two and two, I should say. Uh, Sheamus and The Miz. I think we both got this one. Uh, Sheamus retained his title against uh, The Miz. Uh, He'll move on to what I expect to be, at this point, the Rusev program. Uh, But Sheamus gets the win here, and then afterwards we got comedy. I didn't mind it. Uh, This match underperformed for me a bit, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I was... Surprised at this point because I had to remember that there were three cooldown matches, but I guess they considered Rusev Big Show a big deal. Big deal. The um, crowd seemed to consider it because the crowd cra- was actually really into that one. Yeah, like the they have did. been for Rusev. The crowd did, I, I guess. I just I was like, wow, you're putting three matches in between the Hell in the Cell matches. I, I thought that was brave. You gotta spread them out. What was it? The Hell in the Cell, I think, 2009. Because uh, that was the last one that John Cena and Randy Orton were a part of. They did Hell in the Cell. They did three of them. One to yeah. start the show and then two later on with a buffer in between. Yeah, but which one of those puts your quote-unquote main event 
in the middle of the show. Because yeah. they were they were they were plugging this Cena Orton one as the main event. So you're like, wow, all right. Yeah. I, I don't know if you uh I honestly don't know if one match would have been it's good for John Cena and Randy Orton that they went earlier because the crowd was still hot. They weren't tired or anything. So I don't know if that helped with the reactions because the crowd was kind of into this one. Yeah, yeah. No, the crowd was fine on this. This was actually a good crowd because I, I know uh, we had a caller earlier say that, you know, the Dallas crowd wasn't very good and they've been quiet lately. They have definitely been quiet on TV. I didn't really get the sense that they were very quiet during this show. I thought they... Uh, only And like I said, the only two times they were were two, during the two Divas matches. Right. And that, yeah, the, that was shameful. The stuff that at this point you just can't possibly care about. Um, leave it to the Bellas. We're actually probably going to get a finish to that Bella storyline at some point, but not Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Oh, well. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll meet at WrestleMania. Maybe that'll be the big blow-off. This will keep going. They'll, they'll be you know, swayed in different directions. But when WrestleMania comes, it's those two. Maybe we'll get that. Would that be all bad? I don't think so. Wouldn't be all bad. I'm I'm hoping they can reconcile and become the Shield again. Rusev defeated the Big Show uh, <laughs> pretty quickly. We did not get the Mark Henry heel turn, uh, which was something that I had thought we were not going to get. I Good. thought that was going to keep going a little bit. Um, yeah, no heel turn here. Rusev wins clean. Am I off base thinking that Rusev is not going to be shot up to John Cena right away and that we'll get Rusev and Sheamus at this point? No, I think we discussed that uh, that the U.S. title was a perfect yeah. uh, stepping stone So nothing for that him. happens tonight sways that any, I don't think. No, I think we get the we get one of the heel turns, either show or Henry tomorrow. AJ defeated Paige. This is another one I got wrong. And I I'm pretty sure you right. got this one right. Yeah. I am the man. Um... After the match, so AJ gets the win here. Whatever. They didn't trade the title again. Uh, Paige slaps Alicia Fox. She's losing another best friend. I don't know if they're going to keep going with the Paige best friend storyline. Maybe bring oh. another woman up from NXT or just have another woman as her best friend. But I got to feel like Paige is getting... I think the AJ and Paige thing is blown off here. I think AJ I, won. I yeah, think Paige I think is going her separate way with the friends. Yeah, I think Paige is, well, I don't even think she's going to have a friend anymore. I think she's getting transitioned, and it's going to be this feud with possibly Alicia Fox, and then AJ's going to move on to someone else. So now are we going to get three different diva storylines featured on the show? With the well, Bellas they, they, and Paige and Alicia Fox, and then AJ with someone else? They do have cross-promotion. Oh, I know, but that just seems like, they have three hours to fill. You can do a diva segment every hour. It's just been a long time, and I don't think ever in recent WWE that we've had this many, these many storylines built around the women on the show. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If it's intriguing, right? It's just a lot that we haven't seen before. Look, it's either that or Stephanie cutting terrible promos like she did today. You don't like Stephanie. Thought triple H was great. Thought Stephanie was God awful on that promo. Uh, knock her down a little bit for best non wrestler, huh? Oh, she's still not number one on my ballot. She's on your ballot, sir. She is definitely on my ballot that I already sent in. Dave said, are you sure you want to have this locked and loaded right now? And I said, yep. Ain't no one taking Steph's spot. She is best non-wrestler. I thought Heyman was good on the pre-show. Heyman was Uh, great on the pre-show. I I loved when Heyman completely no-sold the shucky, ducky, quack, quack. Yeah, I just... (laughs) I hate when they go to the panel segments in the middle of the pay-per-view and just, especially Alex Riley, just sucking up to Dallas when yeah. he's getting booed. 
but and but I did love the just just Heyman sitting there silent for a moment. You know yeah. Oh, speaking of the pre-show, we had the Ms. Dow TV on the pre-show where Ms. and Ms. Dow, you know, basically confess their love for each other. They're best friends. They are happy to be best friends. And later on in the show, you know, the comedy that we spoke of with Seamus after the match, Seamus was, you know, kind of ragdolling Miz and Damian Mizdow was selling it as if he was the stunt double, you know, mocking his moves and everything. And if, no issue. If, if you're that good of a friend, are you letting Seamus toy around with your knocked out best friend? If, if you are a, the best stunt double in the world, are you giving up the character and your job to save someone? No, you're doing your job. He right. was focused. I was, I was quite impressed. Am I the only one that thought that Damian Mizdow is, because they just confessed being best friends, should have probably stopped the Miz from getting uh, bro kicked while knocked out? Maybe that's just me. Let me hold know. off on that. Go ahead. Let me Go ahead. correct you on that. Go ahead. Sandow said Miz was his best friend. Mm-hmm. Miz said he was a great stunt double and a good friend. He was proud to call him a friend. Not a best, not a bestie though. Yeah, but Miz wasn't in the situation to save Mizdow. Mizdow, feel- as the best friend. I don't know. I, I Ms- thought like, geez, well, I mean, this is a good comedy spot, I guess. It was funny. The crowd really loved it. It was probably the best comedy they've had in forever. It's it's most interesting Seamus has been in forever. Uh, no, I just think Mizdow went to Method. All right. Hey, whatever works for him. Whatever works for him. And then, of course, we had this uh, this main event, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. We talked about the cage match. Bray Wyatt returned, gave his sister Abigail to Dean Ambrose after the match. But Seth Rollins get the, gets the clean pin here. And for those keeping track at VoicesOfWrestling.com, this means that Seth Rollins is again... The WWE Linear Champion. <laughs> Dean Ambrose was the Linear Champion. So Seth Rollins is the real world champion of the earth. It's, uh, sorry, I was looking at my notes real quick and I wrote down, man, I wish, and this is about the Gold Dust Usa or the, you know, the Dust Brothers Usos match. I wish a, a short kick in the butt would, would turn everything around for some people. I wonder what is that going- was so weird. Yeah. It was a match. I mean, I was not expecting the Usos at all to win unless they were just giving up on the Stardust character, and I don't think they're doing that yet. Um, Before we get into what we think is going to be the uh, direction of WWE now going into Survivor Series, which is a month away, what did you think? Did you notice anything about the ring announcers? Were they okay? Did they stand out to you? Were you happy with Lillian and Eden taking over? No more Justin Roberts doing the John Cena entrance? I thought Eden was a little out of her depth, and I thought Lillian was trying too hard when she said, Brock Lesnar. Um, She's got to get back in the swing of things. She's been tucked away on SmackDown without much of a a focus on her. She's back. I don't think they took away from anything in the product, so I'm not upset with that. The, The announcing team always takes something away from the product, so they always get my ire. Stray observations, that was. One more, Cesaro, freshly shaved head completely shaved mm-hmm. usually he does the thing where he lets the uh the hair he has kind of grow out a little bit or at least show not tonight yeah. everything shaved off the best thing they've done with cesaro in the past few months was the wwe 2k 15 commercial which made him look like a big deal 
Yeah, I don't know what you do with Cesaro after this if he's... I mean, just maybe have none they, of this have matters. They lost, have they lost faith in him? Because, I mean, they're calling him ugly on TV. They really are. I, I noticed that on they're, Raw, how they were calling him ugly. And I'm like, what is that? Oh, man. It, it has to be, you know, Vince. <laughs> but you never know. I, for all we know, tomorrow on Raw, he can squash a Justin Gabriel or someone else. I, you know, the, the fact that they go back and forth yeah. so often and it's all wishy-washy. Really, we want to think that this pay-per-view tells us where they're going, but it may very well not at all. At least in the regard of the IC title. We might get Ziggler and Cesaro some more. Yeah, I think we're getting him on Raw tomorrow. Very well good. I mean, rematch Raw. It's the night after a pay-per-view. You know you're going to get one or two of these rematches. Yeah, we'll get that and a lot too much story about Bray and... uh... Interesting that uh, we had a commenter on our Twitter feed. No ascension with Bray tonight. And the fact that he's going in with a feud with Dean Ambrose one makes me wonder if the ascension actually will come up with him at all. Yeah, it's making me rethink that. I think I think now it's a sister Abigail, supernatural, unsolved mysteries, whatever. I think whoever, was it you or the caller who said the, the new Undertaker? New Undertaker. Well, what if you're going to do the supernatural? Maybe Bray Wyatt's sister Abigail was an ex-girlfriend of Dean Ambrose. Get a little Raven hack storyline going on here. That sister Abigail was the teacher at the school that Bray went to, but okay. Well, hey, maybe Dean likes him older. Oh, man. <laughs> Titty Master's going to get some titties. <laughs> Doesn't no. matter where. No. Oh, this mental image won't leave. Oh. So Ab- what's... Abigail, Abigail's an old woman's name anyway. <laughs> Abigail Breslin, lawyered. Uh, anyway, we go into the direction here of All the right. future of WWE. Um, I think it's pretty settled. We're getting Rusev and Sheamus. I can be completely off base. You could be completely off base. I think that's happening next because that's the logical progression Right. Is for Rusev to take over the U.S. for the U.S. title. Uh, Orton and Rollins, I think still at this point is the natural. You know, Orton just lost his match. So now he's got nothing to stand on in terms of the authority. (laughs) Rollins won his match. And it's coming off of Raw where Rollins curb stomped him. I think that's the direction for the next pay-per-view. I think uh, we're not waiting much longer for it. I'm just confused. Do you do Cena-Lesnar? Are you doing traditional Survivor Series matches. Right now, Cena is the one for Survivor Series that I have no idea what's going to happen with him. Yeah. Because if if Brock's not coming back until Royal Rumble, and maybe that'll change, who knows? If he's not coming back, I have Rusev and Sheamus going off with each other. I have Orton and Rollins. We now have Bray and Ambrose, which is clear, because I didn't know what they were going to do with Ambrose. You have Big Show and Mark Henry at some point, most likely. Uh, what is John Cena going to do in a main event capacity? Because really, he has to be the main event of Survivor Series. And if it's not Brock Lesnar, what's he going to do? Maybe a three-way with Orton and Rollins? That could be. Just throw him in another three-way feud with him? Because that I way just, he gets I his just, uh, revenge on find, Rollins? I don't find that compelling at all. That's the thing. Wouldn't it be just completely amazing if John Cena is the only one to actually get his revenge on Seth Rollins? And Dean Ambrose is just, uh, you know, pushed aside to another are feud. You, are you being sarcastic? <laughs> I mean, it'd be amazing. Man, it's not like that, I said I don't expect it. 
That's never happened before where John Cena gets a clean win over a guy that nobody else does. That was Hell in a Cell. I thought it uh, a fine show. I would say go and see it because you're going to get some really good wrestling. And it delivered like I thought it would. It was a card that had no juice behind it. But once it got going, it was solid. Yeah, it was a good show, and then the end left a bad taste in my hey, mouth. It's a cliffhanger. You're going to tune into Raw most likely tomorrow to find out where they're going with it, aren't you? I'm going to tune into Raw because I have to talk about it with you. With me, yeah. <laughs> right, it. You can you can find out my thoughts on Raw at f4wonline.com. Uh, before we go, I want to thank all those who uh, stayed up late with us to listen live at shakethemropes.com. We had a pretty good turnout. Thanks uh, to everyone who called in, shared your thoughts, and got in touch with us on our Twitter, at ShakeThemRopes. The feedback is great, because I I didn't know how people were going to take that end segment. It was certainly visually stunning. Uh, It gives us direction for Dean Ambrose. It puts Bray Wyatt back on the radar. Uh, But yeah, as uh, I think it was Warren, as Warren said, you know, Bray Wyatt just gets into feuds by attacking people at random. It doesn't matter if he wins matches, doesn't matter if he loses, he just shows up. Now now I want Rowan and Harper to come dressed as droids. Maybe that'll be next for John Cena. <laughs> Maybe Harper comes back. I don't know. You know, that, that, that'd be the time. I mean, it's kind of the holding feud type of month type thing, so we'll see. It is, but at, at the same time, it's one of the big pay-per-views. And really, at this point, we have no idea what John Cena is going to do. Unless they kind of hold it out a little bit, maybe we get a John Cena-Randy Orton rematch. And you can't tell me it's unlikely because they've wrestled 21 times on pay-per-view. Let me ask you this as a possibility because we're we're thinking logically. Maybe they just overstep the Sheamus thing completely. Shoot Rusev Cena. They very well could. And and put that for a couple months as the holding feud until Brock. They very well could. That's what I'm thinking they're going to do. They could do Rusev right now. Uh, I still don't think they're going to be putting those two at uh, tribute to the troops. I don't okay. buy that one. Well, I mean, it's either going to be Hogan or, or Cena that has to go up against Rusev next. There's no... <laughs> right. Uh, we will... Uh, our usual day is Tuesday. I'm not sure yet if we'll be back on Tuesday or later, because you know what's happening on Thursday, Jeff? Um, a buffet somewhere? I don't know. What? Guess that. The... <laughs> WWE is releasing their quarterly performance and we have for the uh, last two quarters, you know, gotten on here and talked about the quarterly performance and the WWE network numbers. So we might keep that tradition alive, hopefully at a later time so we can get the the full show and not just me. Um, But we might do that. I don't know how much we're going to have to talk about on Tuesday with just raw going on. Uh, but we'll figure it out. Uh, follow no, us at Shake Them Ropes uh, for our next recording date. But we'll see what works out for our schedules. But it'll either be Tuesday or Thursday. And I want to talk about this last NXT. So maybe yes. we can get we'll two talk, of them in. We'll talk about NXT uh, some more. Uh, if you were at the NXT TV tapings or at the Jacksonville NXT show or just have thoughts on crowds in wrestling, uh, leave, <laughs> us a, leave us a if voice were, message. If you were one of the guys that Rob was crapping all over in the crowd, please call us. Again, I was really crapping over the guys who were sitting right next to me because they were the ones that didn't ruin the show for me, but uh, made it less enjoyable, I guess you could say. Um, I, I don't think anyone at the TV tapings ruined the show by any means. It was a very good show. The crowd was not that over to where they were hindering the performance. I think that's what they got in Jacksonville the next night. 
but not at the TV tapings. It was it was okay. Uh, but yeah, if you were at the show or have thoughts on just in general crowds and wrestling, uh, you can leave us a voicemail at the same two numbers. Let's say things on Skype or 260-494-3811. You can leave us a voicemail 24-7 and we can play the comments and react to them on our show. So uh, if you couldn't make the live show here to call in, you can call in anytime or tweet us at Shake Them Ropes. We would love to have you all in the conversation like our callers today. Uh, but that was WWE Hell in a Cell. Look forward to Survivor Series. We'll have to do this uh, again, Jeff. We'll have to do the post-show live audio with I calls. enjoyed it. We'll get that. And actually, we have a guest already for the Survivor Series show, if you can believe it. we've I'm booking ahead. Really? Planning ahead. Uh, as of have... right now, Dylan Hales, Dylan Waco on Twitter, is uh, most likely going to join us for special Survivor Series post-show reaction. Uh, so we'll have some fun uh, with them, and we'll probably take calls as well, uh, get the uh, calls kicking in. Uh, anything else from uh, Hell in a Cell or anything else you have on your mind, Jeff? Dylan Hales, the man who single-handedly killed Sting's candidacy for Hall of Fame. I think Dave Meltzer did a pretty good job himself. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he did too. (laughs) No, that'll be fun. Uh, Yeah, I I wanted to get Dylan on because he has a different perspective from a lot of things and a historical perspective, so we'll get him on. But thanks, everyone, for listening at ShakeThemRopes.com. Thanks, all those, for listening on iTunes and our podcast feeds. Uh, It's a good week at WWE. Hopefully, we'll continue the momentum from tonight, if you can call it that. Thanks, everyone, and good night. Your chance sucks. Your chance sucks. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.